Hey everyone, welcome back to the Role for Insanity podcast. Uh, thank you for our faithful followers and welcome to any of our new listeners. Yeah, they'll start with roll call today. Well, today we have with us we have Clay. Well, hi. Man, I don't know what happened to Clay, but uh, and Bree. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> we have Ryan with us. Hey guys. And we have Joey. Uh, hopefully, he will be a, a mainstay with us. His uh, schedule, I think, is finally allowing for him. Uh, Joey, say hi. Hey, how you doing? Very good. And we have Nathan, as usual, the man in the chair, the man behind the cloth, the one that keeps us all running nice and smooth. Hello, hello. Awesome. Well, we've got a pretty good show for you today. Uh, we will start off with our DM Minute with Ryan. Uh, okay. So, hey guys, um, today I wanted to talk about, uh, CR. So if you are new to D and D or if you've only ever played, you've never been a DM, you might not even know what CR is. Um, now CR is a really fundamental part of DMing and it stands for challenge rating. And basically what that means is it's a phrase that is assigned a number and the number is the level that a party of four players should be to be able to fight that monster. So, for instance, um, let's say you have a party of four level two characters. Um, if you have four level twos, they are able to fight one level t- or one CR2 monster, um, and it'll be a fair fight. Alternatively, you could add a bunch of lower CR monsters together to equal a challenge rating of two. So you could have four one-half CR monsters, and that would be the same um, like fairness as one CR2 monster, which is the same as one party of four level two characters. So it's kind of a hard concept to grasp, but it's really important because basically it's going to help you balance out um, all of your encounters and battles that your players are going to have to face. Um, now, it is it is more of a suggestion. It's not something that you have to stick to strictly, because I know that I personally have run a number of encounters where I've had um, some monsters that are higher CR than the party should be able to handle, and they're still able to beat it just because they're optimized to fight that kind of way. Um, and then also I've had... Uh, monsters with lower CR that are um, a bit rougher for people um, to fight because there are so many of them. So basically, it all just comes down to what you think your party is able to handle and what they're best equipped to deal with. Uh, and that's pretty much all I got to say about that. Perfect. Ryan, thank you. Appreciate that. Next up, we have Bree with Katze's Corner. Bree is our newer player. And she brings a fresh perspective as a person who is just joining the D&D circle. And I'm going to leave it up to Bree to bring whatever she has to bring or ask. And Bree, you're up. Thank you very much. Hello, everyone. Bree here. So today in my corner, what I'm discussing is our transition into role 20. So for those who have maybe played D&D but have not heard of role 20 or the new players, um, Roll20 is the online platform for D&D, 
Um, from what I understand, it's free, but you can um, pay for a subscription for, I think, better things. Uh, we're using that as of right now because of our current situation with COVID-19, social distancing and all that. Um, for me, my initial thought, I won't get into anything technical because I don't know anything technical. Super easy to use. Everything was organized. Um, I signed up, email and all that. I got to uh, make my token and I learned how to navigate and move on the map. It's um, very, very fun. From what I can tell, it did not affect my role playing whatsoever. It was really fun to see uh, Kevin getting adjusted too. Um, Kevin uh, was trying to lay out the dragons and I think we all were laughing and saying that these dragons were humongous and miles and miles long. And then he finally adjusted them to scale. Um, the other thing that I really liked was how easy it was to be able to get my character sheet and transfer everything. Um, I'm not sure if it's programmed because of um, our Game Master Kevin um, that it knows that we're playing 5e, but I was just able to copy and paste, look things up, and just fill it everything in. So, again, didn't affect my role-playing. I had a lot of fun. A lo some of the things I did was um, I learned my attacks. Uh, was I was wild-shaping uh, as an eagle, and I learned that I have two big attacks and a talent attack. And I did a little fun thing where I thought it would be funny to poop on the dragon. So, love Roll 20 so far. Super easy to use. And that's it in my corner for today. Awesome. Bree, thanks so much. Greatly appreciate it. Love your perspective. Uh, now we're starting a, uh, a segment that we've done before, but we're actually going to call it Caracas Conundrum. Uh, and this is uh, featuring Ryan, and he is going to try to stump uh, Clay. And we call that Two Lies and a Truth. So I'm going to let Ryan take that over. It's not very hard for him to stump me. He's done it uh, two weeks in a row. It's my favorite segment. All right. So last week I said the uh, the question or the topic for today would be um, spells. So I've got three things here. There are three different spells. One of them is a real spell that you can cast in uh, base Dungeons and Dragons 5e. And the other two I just made up. So I'm going to read them to you. And uh, Clay, you get to decide which one is real and which two are not. So, Yippee! Here's the first one. There's a spell that lets you make a clone of yourself in a big vat, and when you die, you just wake up inside the clone's body and you knew about your business as usual. There is a spell that lets you create a weapon that's only good for one attack, but if you kill someone with it, it destroys their soul and they can't be revived. And finally, there is a spell that lets you charm someone and make them your friend, but only if they have a lower intelligence score than you. Okay, so what? What in the world? <laughs> okay, I, so we're gonna go through my strategy, uh, just like we do every week. Um, so breaking this down, so there's a weapon that you can, you can kill somebody with this thing, and provided it actually kills them in that one attack, it destroys their soul. Yep. <laughs> You're telling me this is a, a soul destroying spell weapon. Yep. Okay, and then there's basically so there's a clone of yeah. me in a vat somewhere. Uh huh. So I'm picturing a sci-fi movie where 
I just is it, this I it, I I can't even speak. It just it doesn't make sense. Yeah, but it's magic though. Okay. See now, I've never played a spellcaster. I've never played a spellcaster, and if I had a spell that basically enabled me to be invulnerable by just continuing to cast it over and over again so that I would always pop up in a clone's body, I would play a spellcaster every day. I feel like everybody would or should. Now, charming a person provided they have, what was it, a lower intelligence score than you? Mm-hmm. That sounds, that sounds real. It's the least ridiculous sounding of the three. Because there's charm, like what, there's charm beast, right? Yeah, there's charm right? person too. Is that what, what would you say that charm person is the name of that spell? No, charm person is a different spell. Mm. Nope. You know what? I'm gonna go with the uh, the the charming spell there. I, that's got to be real, hundred percent. Final answer. Yes, final answer. Ooh, zero for three, Clay. Uh, sorry, the real <laughs> spell is uh, clone, which is a spell that yeah. if you what? prepare in advance, it uh, creates a duplicate of your body in a sealed vessel. And if you are to perish, your soul is transferred to your clone, and you just wake up. You stole that from a steal. movie. There's no way that that's real. <laughs> it is an absolutely spell. Okay, I, so I feel like that was an episode of Futurama. Clay. <laughs> yes. Clay. So, from this point forward, any campaigns we're playing, you are now playing a magic user, right? Yeah. You just said yeah I, get, I get free resurrections? Okay. Well, you have, to get to, you have to get to eight. You have to get to eighth level spell slots, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I get to eighth level spell slots. I'm immortal. I could literally run into a dragon's stomach and try and kill it that way and still just pop out totally fine a mile away. Yeah, no. something like that. This that's that's not well. That's, that, tune in next week, and we might see Clay win one. Oh um, yeah, next week uh, I'm talking about classes. No. So that's your hint. Oh, great. Right. All right. Well, that brings us to our next segment. Uh, Clay with his Tywin's table talks. So Clay, I'm gonna Tywin's let you have talks. it. Yeah, let's let's do. So we're gonna go. Today, we've got uh, a couple things for you. So to start it off, let's go with some uh, a popular Reddit post that I found this week. So this was posted by a user named Jesse Bears. And I'm not going to read you the entire thing. I'm basically going to summarize it. There's a guy who is an arcane trickster um, who is being hunted by a gnome barbarian. He de- This gnome barbarian desperately wants to kill this guy. And they're in the middle of this huge battle, and then you see a gnome just jump straight up into the air. It's that gnome. He found him. He really wants to kill him. Um, The rogue doesn't have enough time to disguise himself to hide the identity. And he's, like, brand new to magic, so he can't think of anybody to transform into. He's just freaking out. So he's staring at the gnome and decides he's going to transform himself into that gnome. (laughs) And disguise himself as the gnome. And he, the gnome lands, he's confused, and he attempts to distract him by pretending to be a mirror. So he's trying <laughs> to mimic his actions. And he rolls three on deception. But the, <laughs> the gnome barbarian rolls three on insight. <laughs> so it's ah. just the two of them are very suspicious of one another. 
just standing in the middle of the street like a mirror. And it, it made me laugh just thinking about what that must look like to the party members around him and the creativity it would take to make that what you do to try to avoid being killed. I don't know. Have you guys ever seen anything like that in the campaign before? Uh, can't say that I have. <laughs> Me either, unfortunately. I'm that just so happy funny. that they both rolled three and they were just like, this isn't real, but I can't really say that it isn't real and just keep dancing or <laughs> mimicking each other. He's like, no, he's moving the same way. I, I can't roll it out. <laughs> oh, man. Uh. It made me so happy. And so that's that's my favorite Reddit post of the week. Thank you to Jesse Bears for posting that for me. It gave me a good chuckle. Um, <laughs> moving into my next piece here, I was going to go over a few, uh, I, I would say, underused magical items. Things that I think are really important to... D&D as a whole that just seem to get forgotten for some reason. Um, so I'm going to start off with one that I'm fairly certain a uh, few of you have already heard of. Uh, the Folding Boat. <laughs> mm. The Folding Boat, my favorite. Do you, are, have you guys heard of this? Oh yeah, it's a classic. Oh, yeah. That's a fun one. So for those of you fresh to the campaign world, uh, the Folding Boat is a wooden box that's 12 inches long, 6 inches wide, and 6 inches deep. But with a command word, you can either turn it into a 10-foot-long rowboat or a 24-foot-long, 8-feet-wide, 6-foot-deep ship. It <laughs> can hold up to 15 people comfortably. And you can carry it around in your knapsack and just be like, boat! And then, and then there's a boat. I think that that's super important, but it's not quite as important as my next one which is, my, it's commonly referred to as Heward's Handy Spice Pouch. Have you guys heard of this one? Actually, no. <laughs> this is amazing. So this pouch, the description for it is that someone can reach into this pouch and speak the name of any type of non-magical seasoning and produce enough of that seasoning to apply to a single meal. No matter what seasoning it is, it is always in there. It's unlimited. It's amazing. You can use it 10 times a day. I think that's important. That is because, very important. And I think the people need to realize just, you know, the utility of this. Because I can just constantly be carrying around a sack full of pepper to throw in people's faces. That's exactly what I was thinking <laughs> of using it for. If I'm, if I'm not a really big fan of them, I'll do cayenne pepper and just, like, kind of throw it at them and it'll burn a little bit more. I think it's it's fantastic. Have you heard of that one, uh, Mr. Fitz? Have you heard of that? Uh, no, I honestly, I can say that I have not. But I don't have too many chefs in my uh, campaigns either, so. I love that with the boat, you can either get with this or you can get with that. Or you can get with this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I won't sing for you. Yeah, Please so don't. that's about what I have today. That's my cheer up <laughs> in, uh, in the midst of that monstrosity with Karaka. So if you have it in your backpack, Clay, just a question, and yeah. the and the command word is something, oh, I don't know, kind of simple like uh, up. So if you happen to say look up in, in reference to something you're seeing and want everybody else to see, does that boat then start to uh, unfold in your backpack? I'm going to go ahead and say just for me, absolutely yes, 100%. 
I want that to be the case. You'd be because I would really love backpacks. Yeah, yeah right. But there's no point in even that? having the backpack at that point. You just kind of tie it to your waist. Now, I think it'd be great. Make sure you don't do that while you're inside a bag of holding. <laughs> yeah. That would, that would pierce the size, and you would, uh, you'd probably really need that boat on whatever plane you are. Probably. I, I was thinking more that I would just kind of take it in my hands and use it almost like a grenade. I'll just toss it into <laughs> a group of bandits and just go, and then poof. I've actually read stories of people, like, just beating their, um, uh, like, the evil guy in their campaign, like, the main boss, by just throwing a folding boat at them and having them get crushed under it. Or the uh, the other one, the mobile fortress. I don't remember what that one's called. But oh, my goodness. Yeah, same concept. And, and that's, a, that's an important point. Um, these boats become the normal weight of a vessel that size. So... It it truly does become thousands of pounds that you can just jettison at people. It's fantastic. Uh, and with that, I'm gonna retire. I, I rest. My gosh, that is <laughs> killing me. Well, Clay, I appreciate that. Thanks for bringing that up. Um, yeah. I guess you get one point because you you tricked both uh, Ryan and myself. We'd never heard about the seasoning pouch. So there you yeah. go. Yes. One for him. One put the put the feather in your cap, boy. I've got a cap. He's <laughs> <laughs> got a feather now. Uh, if I remember right, you have a uh, sailor's cap that you purchased in town. And I purchased a fancy merchant's hat with a big yeah. feather, and I purchased one for all of our party members as well. Uh, okay, now you have two feathers, so there you go. Yes, yes one more. I just need <laughs> one more. And today we have Joey with us, and we're very glad to have him with us. And he actually has a segment we're now going to coin Tens Tinkerings. And I'm going to turn it over to Joey, and we'll see what he has to say. Uh, hi, everybody. Um, I'm a big fan of UA, which is Unearth Arcana. It's basically the the playground of, for Wizards and Coast, where they introduce new ideas and um, just concepts they're having, like if they want to add a new subclass. They'll release it there first before they actually make it core or um, extra stuff. Uh, one interesting one I, I wanted to talk about that came out recently, I think it was like last month or two, is uh, Magic Tattoos. It's a pretty interesting concept. It's the idea of like having magic items instead of instead of having a magic item where like spells. Yeah, I'm good at this. <laughs> You're doing uh, great, you, Joey. Thanks, man. You have... It's basically a tattoo that you have attuned to you, and uh, depending on the tattoo and how big it is, is like the effect and how powerful it is. And it's a very interesting concept. I thought, I know uh, Ryan's actually been interested, and he's been thinking about it before he even talked about it or released it in UA. Yeah, um, that's something that I've always wanted to include in my campaign settings. I was always kind of fascinated with the idea of um, like putting magic into like um, kind of off the wall stuff. Because you have like people who make magic items, and you see that in like artificers. But I always thought, like, what if there was like an arcane artist or like a spellcaster who did it through like tattooing, and what kind of effects would you get out of that, and what would that look like? And so the new UA is actually super cool to me. It's something that I'll probably put into my own campaign coming up pretty soon. Yeah. Hey, J Joey, I got a question for you. Um... Mm -hmm. I, I just kind of glanced through the article um, a couple of weeks ago, same as you. 
I didn't read all the way through it. Now, is that are those permanent tattoos or are those more? Uh, are they like temporary? And once they're used, they 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 are no longer exist and they they are gone off the body. How does that work? Um. Okay. So the way it works, it's kind of like um, it's weird. That the the best way I can describe it is like kind of you're enchanting your skin almost. It's okay. it's like instead of like carving into a ruin, you like uh, you put it on your skin, but um. It takes an attunement slot, so if you you can unattune to it, and when you do, it would fade away. I if I remember correctly, I believe that's what it is. Okay. But so it's not permanent, but um, it can be reused. I okay, have, so have certain like passive effects sometimes. Okay, I mean, I just wondered because you know if you're talking other magical items like a wand or you know a particular you know runestone or something, a lot of times you know you get X amount of charges and it's gone. And I was just wondering if you know if you have a tattoo, you know that's kind of that's kind of cool. That's almost like you know it's like a feat. You know, it's just something that's always there and always available. How many can you have uh, at a time? Can, it, I'm assuming you can only have one attuned at a time, or can you have multiple? I, from what I've understood, it's just like any other magic item because it's so it's as many attunement slots as you have, it's as many tattoos you can have. Okay. I mean, all, there's obviously like a set amount of skin you can have because again, the size <laughs> of that tattoo affects how much, um, how like what it is, like which tattoo you're using. It's going to be different sizes because like um here, like a common tattoo, common magical tattoo is like only six inches or up to six inches. But when you get to a legendary, it's like you're having sleeves. It covers like two limbs and and the torso. So you have your like entire upper oh, wow. half covered. Okay. Yeah. And, That's uh, a really cool concept. I like that. Yeah. And, and I, I, just I can't up. apply it like I would a Hello Kitty tattoo that I bought at the Dollar Tree. It's exactly the same, actually. Yeah. It's the same thing. Basically. Yeah. It, it's the way it works is uh, the tattoo is like <laughs> it's linked with a a needle, and you just touch the needle to your skin when you attune to it. And then uh, the needle kind of like absorbs it and like it becomes a tattoo. And when you unattune, the, uh, the, the tattoo disappears and the needle reappears. Oh, man, my mom just uses the washcloth. But I mean, you know, I, I'm going to have to pass. Right? Needles are scary. Clay, this is yes. why you can't play a magic user, okay? This is why I'm normally not allowed to talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going that far. Not at all. <laughs> so... Well, that is awesome. You got any more, Joey, or that we get for this this round? Because uh, I definitely okay. Because I want you to keep coming with this stuff. That's that was really cool. Um, and we're at a time now where we can kind of quickly discuss the uh, campaign. Um, Bree mentioned that uh, you know we're rolling. Uh, yeah, we're rolling twenty. We're playing with <laughs> roll twenty, and uh, we're doing well. Uh, it was definitely a learning curve for me. Uh, thank goodness Ryan has done this before, so he was able to kind of help and uh, bring me up to speed on that. However, uh, as I said, when bringing tokens in, uh, several of the tokens were the size of a, a small continent, and uh, I had to, to to learn how to do that. And now I realize that this should have all been done ahead of time. I was thinking it was a much more uh, drop-and-go uh, it's a drop and uh, it, it make sure that everything is categorized and where. However, once it was done, uh, the initiative table on that, everything worked like a charm. It was really amazing. Uh, so I'm very happy with that. Uh, how are you guys feeling still? I know, Bree, you kind of chimed in on that. Um, Clay, 
I mean, we're still still good. Are there any rough spots? Anything that you wish you know we could change or wish well, I that mean, I would learn? <laughs> Bree got the poop on a dragon. I'd like to do that, but she was also wild shaped at the time, so I think that that's probably <laughs> why. Um, yeah, you're 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 kind of on the ground. It's going to be a little tougher, but you know, um, maybe we bring a dragon down to your size. As soon as I get that dragon on the ground, just you watch okay. out. <laughs> Aren't you supposed to be stinky right now? Uh, hey, <laughs> hey, hey, we're all friends here. Come on. Uh, Joey, what do you think? How are, how are you enjoying it? I mean, I know you're, are you more comfortable with Roll20? I can't remember if you, you're in Ryan's campaign, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, you've been doing this for a while. Yeah, I have, but I, I actually prefer in person because, I don't know, there's, there's more connection there. The RP is, I feel like, is, is stronger because you're like face-to-face -face with people and you don't have the screen in between everything. So you're not, uh, so you don't have to worry about just like voice or like if like maybe you have connection bad or if you need to whisper to your dm um yes i yeah, agree right. on that yeah yes also there's something about having the weight of the dice in your hand and being able to roll them in person that a random number generator online will never fill yeah that too i, I have very bad luck and terrible dice rolls like don't get me wrong but on d20 it's consistent like in real <laughs> life i get a, I'm, i get lucky every now and again like maybe okay. once every other month yeah, um, Joey's last character in my campaign that met his untimely demise rarely <laughs> rolled in double digits. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm um, keeping pretty strong with uh, this campaign going on right now. <laughs> I haven't hit anything yet. his dice. However, no it should dice. be allowed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, I, I still think one of our, uh, a friend of ours that uh, we played with a while back, I think he still holds the record, though. Um, what, that was a triple crit. Yeah, right? three crit yeah. fails in a row in one maneuver. Oh, literally. And he was a rogue with pretty much all the bonuses you could think of, but he crit failed three oh. times in a row, and literally was laying prone in between. I don't know. I think three or four foes. Um, not, not so, Joey. You got a ways to go, buddy. Yeah. You, you, yeah. I'm working on it. I'm working. <laughs> on it. At that point, <laughs> I think you just retire. Um, that pretty well, and unfortunately, that campaign kind of folded shortly thereafter. So we never really did get to see if he uh, if he could do better. But how we finished that one? Uh, I don't remember. You know, the, the, I don't know. There were so many; they were all they, very similar. And you know, and, and and some I just felt like we never did finish. But I do agree. I I still want to get back together uh, when they they lift the sanctions and we're allowed to do ten or you know less again. I can't wait to get back in there. Like I said, the problem is, is you don't have the body language. You don't have facial expressions. You can't see that on the computer. You know, I mean, there are sometimes pretty much we know Clay is, uh, you know, very sarcastic and pretty much everything out of his mouth. You have to kind of take with a grain of salt. <laughs> I resemble that remark. But the problem is, is if you can't see him and you can't see his eyes and his guilty expression, I mean, it, it's a little tougher. So I can't I wait. I agree. Guilty. So, um, and Ryan, I know that, uh, you're, you're helping me and, and I'm still going to need your help on that, but I think at least for now, until we can get back together, this has definitely been a viable situation, uh, to at least help us to get back into it, which I think we've really needed. Uh, so, well, with that, I think, uh, we're going to slowly close this one. Anyone else have anything else they want to say before we head out? 
I'm still uh, really upset that owl bears are a thing. Um, I just kind of wanted to make sure that you all still knew have that. Have an idea. Maybe. Give What's him an owl bear. We need to just. No. So, along with the bug bears, he wants an owl bear too. Okay. <laughs> I'll have to oh, remember yeah. that. Um, I would like to officially take a stance against uh, baby bugbear arson. So. Oh, I'm, I'm right there with you. I know some people in this uh, in this uh, podcast might not agree with uh, you and I. Ryan, <laughs> well, on the bright side, they've grown up a little bit now, so maybe it's not so tragic anymore. <laughs> oh, no, possibly, possibly. Uh, well, at some point, we'll bring you into that that little inside information, but uh, not right now. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for uh, visiting with us, spending your precious time. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoy just getting together and chatting about D&D in general. <laughs> <laughs>